And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Cool boy, welcome to Down to Down. Coming on Andrew Schlecht. I have barely a voice here after the trade deadline. It's not because of the trade deadline, but I am joined with my good friend Jay Smith. Jay, what's up, dude? What's up? Just survived. For the Thunder, a pretty underwhelming sure. trade deadline. But uh, the NBA was at its best today. A lot of fun. Tons of updates. And also, the deadline is a soft deadline, apparently. <laughs> so, Because <laughs> maybe the most, I don't know if it's the most impactful yeah. trade of the day, but one of the most, what people were kind of assuming trades of the day was Victor Oladipo yep. going to the Heat. And that was 10 minutes after the uh, two o'clock here local time. And so, man, it's uh, it's for the Thunder, it's George Hill to the Sixers for a couple seconds and a guy that, hmm, who knows? <laughs> yeah, Tony Bradley, he's like your, he's like your run of the mill backup big guy. And like the Thunder, and they should have this belief in them that like this is like a great incubator for young guys. And um, so like, go ahead and try it. Let's see. Cause like, it's clearly worked with a guy like Moses Brown. Like it's been very good for him in his career. Um, but man, like it's, it's a fine trade essentially. I, they, I mean, the Thunder were never going to bring George Hill back, like even into the rotation. I don't know how, I don't know how close oh, right. he is to being back. But he was never going to play for the Thunder again because of how well Teo has played, essentially. And, you know, some of the other guards contribute to that as well. Um, right. Ty Jerome yeah, is also Ty playing. is a big part of it. Like, those guys are the reason why George Hill was never going to play for the Thunder again. And so, essentially, yeah. you move move him out. I mean, like, and how much better is George Hill than both those guys? Like, they both played pretty well. I think he's better. I think he's certainly yeah. better. And he's, and he's more experienced, sure. but like yeah, yeah. It's, the, the gap isn't huge. Well, I think the thing that's important for Thunder fans, and somebody tweeted this, and so I'm just paraphrasing, and I'm not going to really look up who tweeted it, but I, I think there's a pretty good – I could make a pretty good assumption that Sam was on the phone all the way up to mm-hmm. the deadline trying to move Muscala and even probably look taking calls for Al Horford – um, obviously taking calls maybe for Justin Jackson and maybe even Kendrick yeah. Williams. Uh, but it's one of those things that Sam's not going to just get rid of guys. It doesn't feel like if there's not something there for you. I do wonder, and this is also something Sam doesn't historically do, but what does Sam do with a guy like Muscala? Because I feel like the fair thing to do would be yeah, to buy him it's out. A, it, to me, it's all about a conversation with Mike. Like, what does Mike want? Like, do you want to move right now, Mike, and go play with another team? Like I don't know what Mike Muscala wants out of this season. Um, I don't know if he wants. 
Surely it's not sitting on the bench for a team that's intentionally trying to. It sounds like losses. a bad thing for him when you put it that way. When you put it that <laughs> right. way, but I I don't know. I don't know if he likes to be with this team. I don't know if he likes being around these guys and practicing with. I I have no clue. I can't. Him and Poku are just building a just dynamic friendship in this. He doesn't season want to be doesn't away from Poku. Him. Yeah, I I really don't know. <laughs> uh, I would I would assume that they would have that conversation with him. There's a lot of guys being bought out, like. There was all those reports about LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, we for sure. Yeah, definitely have a trade partner with him. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to get great. a partner for sure. Cool. For sure. Yeah, no, uh, nobody. And then same with Andre Drummond. Like, they can't even move Andre Drummond. They have to buy him out. And so both those guys are being bought out, um, you know, within the next day or two. And uh, yeah, and most reports are saying Aldridge is going to land with Miami. Drummond's going to probably land yeah. with the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 Michele had mentioned this, and he may be jumping on here in, uh, in a few, but it, it is underwhelming for a Thunder fan. And, and I don't know. I think the hard part in this era of Thunder is going to be how many draft picks can we accumulate. Uh, and I would have loved to have seen, like, even if they figured out something with Boston to get a Romeo Lankford or – you know, Orlando was doing a full-blown fire cell, and so why not, like, hey, is there a chance that they could have got a Mobamba? I, I don't know really what's out there for the Thunder. And none of them to move the needle, but just something to basically pique my interest is really what <laughs> right. I was looking for. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, what – because with the draft capital they have and the players they already have, at this point it's like like it's just kind of yeah. for fun. Uh, and, and also to, to really – for me is it's also to continue to drive the point to where we need to deplete this roster. And I know that is not the most enjoyable thing for a fan, but Al Horford, uh, Muscala, as I mentioned, Al, we knew Al was going to be hard. I think you'd mentioned from the beginning of the, well, even when we got Al, as it's probably more likely he's going to be moved this summer um, or even into next year. Uh, George Hill was an easy one, but the Muscala one being a, a an expiring contract is one that's kind of like, hmm, nobody, nobody wanted to give a, I guess another second for Mike Muscala, but yeah, I, I think that there's, there's uh, also something about the fact that like we've seen every minute of all these guys this year. And I think we overvalue them a bit, especially the French. Sure. So it's hard for me to say that like there was definitely a second out there from Muscala, but maybe there wasn't. I mean, it's possible that there was not. I mean, you, you would think they could have gotten a similar deal to like the Bielitsa deal that, and, and I don't know why. I mean, I, I would love to know if the Thunder were in on those discussions as well. And maybe the Thunder were pushing too hard at Miami to unprotect those picks in order to get a deal done. I yeah. mean, there's, to me, there's just a lot of layers to all this to where it seems like, Oh, why don't you just do this or do that? Like, we don't know the layers of conversations that are happening behind the scenes. And the truth is, Right. I, it, even if the Thunder did acquire, I mean, the Thunder have acquired a, a ton of like low level guys, like G, like legitimate guys that played in the G League this year are playing big time minutes for the Thunder. And it doesn't really matter. And it's because they play a system that elevates the level of play for everybody. So to me, I don't know that there was a whole lot. I think getting George Hill moved on was really important. And, you know, they're going to rest, <coughs> they're going to rest Al Horford the rest of the season a lot. I mean, just go take a look at the April schedule and tell me they're not going to rest him half of it. I mean, it's, it's right. going to happen. Well, 
and also maybe buried in the trade that we didn't think about because there was initially a point where it's and it was probably just how it was tweeted or how I read it because I was it was like the one moment of the day where I wasn't able to readily be at my phone. But also initially everybody's like, did the Thunder just reacquire Terrence right. Ferguson? What just happened? Uh, but it ended up being uh, Austin Rivers is is coming to Oklahoma City, which what does that yeah, I'm mean? I'm trying to get clarity on that. Because and I don't have it yet. I mean, it's it to me. It's interesting that there's usually like when you acquire a player like that, it's like almost immediately you get the report of, and they're never going to come to Oklahoma City, and that hadn't happened with him. And so, to me, I do think there's a chance he comes here, and if he plays, he's kind of the guy the Thunder. He, he's definitely the guy the Thunder have not had on this team, which is like a pure chucker. That is just going to come out and like go get his go get buckets, and it, it's kind of the guy like the, a a cog in the system that it doesn't fit. You know, he doesn't fit like what the Thunder want, even to the point of like the way he talks to media. Like any of the guys right now, you go talk to him, you try to get anything out of him. Like you're not getting much from any of these guys in any of these Zoom presser situations. Like Austin Rivers. Um, is a guy that will just talk about whatever's on his mind and he'll say the things that most guys won't say. And so like he doesn't, he just doesn't fit the thunder mold in any capacity. But to me, I, if you're, and is he, is he really under contract through 2023? It's, it's non guaranteed moving forward after this year. Okay. So it's just the end of this year and then non guaranteed the next few. Okay, that's what I I thought I read that, but looking at hoops hype and sports track, it was hard to kind of get a real idea of, of the guaranteed part of it. So, I mean, he may be another guy that they either buy out or it's just one of those things that they just bury him on the bench and let him ride out the season and move yeah. on or don't even show up. I mean, they did that with Trevor Reese. They're like, hey, just hang out in New York and, you know, we'll be done after yeah. this year. So, yeah. And because it's just asset accumulation, which one of the tweets that continued to go around all throughout the trade deadline was, that the Thunder have 17 first and 17 seconds in the next seven years. Is that real? Yeah, seven I'm, years? Yes, in seven years it is. And I'm I'm going to get the official pick count later because I've heard lots of different numbers have been kind of bouncing around on Twitter. And so I'm going to get the uh, official count um, later on, and then I will make sure that everybody knows that. I think probably, I mean, Bobby's probably right. Like Bobby's rarely incorrect about stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it is... I mean, to me, there was not a lot. I mean, I don't think the Thunder were ever really going to trade Kenrich Williams. That was a name that was thrown out there. I just never really believed it. Uh, the Thunder actually, like, really, really like him. And so, and then, like, who else? Like, they already traded Hami. That, I think that was a deal that was going to get done just because I don't think they wanted him to become a restricted free agent. And so then, like, I mean, sure, you can, you can move Mike Muscala, but... I just don't know if he has value, and and they just might like having him around. Honestly, like that that might be a reality. Yeah. Well, and I wonder. We we had talked about Stephen Adams being the uh, kind of the Nick Collison role sure. guy transitioning into the next era, but it feels like. And Keith Smith, I think, is the one who posted last night that the Thunder wouldn't accept anything short of a first for. Kenrich because of how much they value him and really see him as a piece of their franchise yeah. moving forward, which could have been positioning, trying to convince somebody like, hey, we want more than what you're offering us, which happens a ton. Um, but it also could be one of those things where they look at Kenrich maybe to be that kind of yeah. guy for them, like the 
Nick Collison kind of role for them that's going to be because he he plays that part. He's the hustler. He's I mean, he just does all of the things you want on this team. And he's if this team does compete and he's so say if it's a four year timeline, he's 30. Most of the rest of our guys are in their mid 20s. I mean, he'd be a pretty good piece um, for for a championship team or a, run, a team making a deeper run in the playoffs. And so it doesn't bother me that he's here. Uh, I like Kenrich. I was very surprised that he actually made the team. But now that I've seen him play over the course of the season, he's been somebody that I've really enjoyed having on the team. And so yep. I, I love – I know we've, we're primarily an Oklahoma City-focused podcast, but I love like if you were just going to give me like a quick update on who you think won today – or two or three moves that you thought were really, really impressive. What were your kind of initial thoughts on trade deadline so far? Yeah, I love what Denver did. I think getting Aaron Gordon yeah. for uh, Gary Harris has been like so up and down. He's in and out of lineup with injuries. Like you give up a future first, give up Hampton. It was like a nice future piece. You didn't really give up that much. Like you didn't really give up much of your rotation mm-hmm. to get a guy that I think could be high impact. So I really like that, especially in the yeah. West. Like, who's the favorite in the West today? I don't know. I mean, and also like, the fact about them, about the Nuggets, is like everybody talked about Jeremy Grant, like, all season. It's like, oh, but they would really miss Jeremy Grant. Like, okay, well, you add, like, Jeremy Grant, like, plus, like, he's a better pass than Jeremy Grant. Um, yeah, he's got a he's yeah. got more better feel. I don't know if I would say he's better than Jeremy, but I think that they – I think he is. I think he, I, I think mean, he's. I think Jeremy's better, a better like rim protector than he is. But I think Gordon's to me. He's like easily better than Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy's had a he's had a nice well, season. Thing, but I think he's better. Yeah, and the thing I want to see with a guy like Gordon in Denver is the fact that you know some of these guys that we've been upset or not upset, but let down by their development, but they've been stuck in cities like Orlando, which has nothing to do with the actual city, yeah. but the franchise. It just is one of those things that makes me wonder, like, how much better is Gordon going to be playing in Denver with Jokic and Mm -hmm. Jamal Murray and Will Barton and even Paul Millsap? Like, being surrounded by that level of talent and beyond that, that level of basketball IQ, I think you'll see if Gordon has another level, I think Denver is a really, really good spot. Like, if I was him as a player, I would be thrilled to be able to go and play uh, for that no team, because that roster, it just is going to make you better, um, honestly. And and I, I don't know. That's an ex- it is an exciting move. I actually, this is kind of knowing maybe where our franchise is. Is I actually loved Orlando's day. Yeah, uh, they finally made a decision to be bad, uh, trading Vucevic and uh, who else did they trade to the Bulls? And no, Alfred Aminu, Aminu to the Bulls, and then trading Fournier to the Boston Celtics, which we can maybe parse that out a little bit, but. And then and then getting Aaron Gordon and just getting some draft assets as part of that. It just they've been stuck in that eight yeah. seed forever. And so it finally feels like they're moving towards which kind of for the Oklahoma City fans is not the ideal because they're going to be very successful at being bad because they mm-hmm. already have been for most of the season. But at least they kind of have a clear identity of what they're doing. So yeah, which is nice. I think they're the other winner. Like I, I don't really love a whole lot else that was done. I don't know that anything else. I think I think Gordon really moves the needle in the West. And then like, I just like that Orlando picked a, a direction, essentially. Yeah. I kind of like the – I know I probably am alone on this, but I actually kind of like the Rondo, the Clippers move. Uh, just because Rondo is that guy, man. Like I just, It, it wasn't 
I mean, it was last August, September when he was one of the most important pieces on that yeah. Lakers team in the in the finals run. And so he just knows how to play. And I think he'll work really well with those guys. And I know that not everybody thinks that's a really needle-moving move, but but I don't know. I like I've, I've liked Rondo for a long time, and also of course uh, Lou Williams going back to Atlanta is just riddled with storylines that are intriguing yeah. and funny yeah, and amazing. That's true. So yeah, I don't love that for the Clippers. I think I mean you're counting on playoff Rondo to show up, and maybe you know if he if he does, mm-hmm. then that's a great deal. And if he doesn't, then you just give up picks and cash. And brought on a, a worse contract. Like I, I don't, I don't love it. Like I would have, if I were them, I would have been really fighting to get George Hill um, over Rondo, just because I think like George yeah, Hill's like yeah, a yeah. much better culture guy. He's a much better shooter. He's he's a guy that can set the table for you. I think that he, I think that he fit a lot better than than Rondo. Who, I mean, if you're the Hawks, I mean, you have to be like elated that you were able to get off of Rajon Rondo's contract like that. Yeah, because you just have this year with Lou, and then yeah. it's your free. I mean, I think it's a wonderful deal for them. I, The Clippers, maybe they do end up benefiting from it, but I'm I, I'm a little skeptical on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's the I mean that's the probably more level-headed take, is that Rondo's not going to move the needle for you, but I just have seen him do it enough. Like, even when he – it's been a while – but even when he was on those Pelicans teams, you're like, ah, oh, Rondo's washed and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, they they beat the Blazers and play the Warriors really well in the second round of that playoff series in a large part because of Rondo. So what do you – so Michele is joining the pod. What's up, Hey, Michele? I have a whole new setting, which is terrible because I have something in front of me and I cannot really watch the camera watching the video, but uh, I'll try to manage. <laughs> well, I was just telling him how much I uh, – I actually enjoy Rondo going to the Clippers, and he was like, mm, I'm not sure that's a good move. But I don't know. We are talking about other trades. Anything else from the day, McKellie, Like, What's your thoughts? You're fresh on the pod. What did you think of today? Uh, I'm a bit disappointed on uh, on the Thunder. I thought uh, the return hill is not great. Um, it's okay, I think. The point is to me that, I mean, I really hope for them to, to to make more moves, you know, just one. I, I don't think that it changes dramatically uh, the state of the art for the Thunder and the fact that they are winning too much. And um, I don't know. And, and, but in general, the return, except for Vucevic, was kind of low in every every deal. I mean, New Orleans got nothing, basically nothing for JJ Redick. Right. It's kind of, kind of brutal. Yeah, I, I don't know if there there was a lot of people willing to to hand out first rounders unless you're giving a like a really high impact player. Well, even I mean, I I think this is more telling on how little the value for Oladipo is. But you even look at that. I mean, you didn't they didn't get much at all for Victor Oladipo, which I think the the conversation. I don't know enough about the details of all of this, but they're like, why didn't they just keep Levert? And get Jared Allen. Like they could have actually had some decent young pieces, but instead now they have Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a pick swap. It's really bad. Which is a 20, 2022 pick swap? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, but I, I don't think that, that was the, the reason of the move. Um, maybe I'm wrong, totally wrong. But the idea was to be more in control of their destiny soon. Um, like with Oladipo, with uh, even if they don't deal him, uh, it's, it's just a a five month thing, uh, six month, whatever. 
uh, if you have Lavert, it's uh, it's way more. It's a commitment. It's a it's probably a player that you can flip um, over the summer, no matter what. But um, I don't know, health concerns, stuff like that. But well, Adipo was, well, maybe we will get an extra asset. And this is basically what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so I'm going to ask you a question that I that I asked Andrew earlier. And this actually was a pre-pod question. So if you had to choose between Tony Bradley or Moses Brown... <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. I the, the idea <laughs> of Bradley late. Late. is, is nice. Um, I mean, I'm kind of into Moses production though. Yeah. I know that it's fool's gold because it's too early. It's uh, against nobody. He didn't face any good center as of yet. Valanciunas doesn't qualify. Um, but I mean, he's all over the place. Defense, offense. He can rebound. He mm-hmm. and I, I said this morning with John. I mean. If he develops even a little bit as a rim protector and as a communicator on defense, the, the possession where I really enjoyed the most Moses uh, last night was not like a uh, block or whatever, but it was him screaming at his teammates where to be in pick and rolls. If, if he can do that, that is something. Yeah, there was actually, it was, you mentioned it on the Thunder After Dark as well as, he just by his sheer size, he's a deterrent, which has been. I mean, Adams. I don't. Not not trying to pick on Adams, and that's not what I'm saying. It's not that he wasn't, but because of Moses's size, there was a play, and I don't. It may have been Jaw, it may have been Jaw Morant that was about to penetrate and got about to the free throw line and saw Moses just literally spanning the entire key. And then all of a sudden he backed back out and, you know, did something else with the ball. And so Moses is shocking. I didn't mean to spend this much time. It's just like it's the most crow that I've ever had to eat about an NBA player in, in a really long time. Because I thought, I mean, I f- for sure didn't think he was much. I even mentioned it. Didn't think he was much better than Dakari. And it's proving to me that he's he's obviously a better player than Dakari. I wouldn't say obviously uh, as of today. Uh, <laughs> right, right. The bar is really low. <laughs> the bar is very low with Dakari, but uh, but for sure he's more productive, more athletic. He he runs the. Yeah, he's more mobile. Like there's just like he he hits different markers that you can say like okay, like I can kind of I can see a path to him secure in the league. Like Dakari, uh, Dakari could have been in the league. 15 years ago, I can like stuck and been a backup for somebody, Yeah, but not, not today. Like today is like, you have to, you have to be quick. Like everybody has to be quick. Uh, let's go to the stream real quick. Shouts to Miroslav from Germany. Uh, let's see. Andrew Lindgren says, hello. We have Kevin in Albuquerque. We have Nomo in Washington, DC. We have wild hunt in London. This is from Daniel. It says, hi, Andrew and Jay. It's Daniel from the UK. Thanks for your updates throughout today. It helped a lot over here getting my news. Let's see who else. This is Armand. Big shouts to Armand. We have uh, Joshua in Portland. We have Jonathan in Fort Cobb. We have Blue Diamond Gem that says, trade SGA for Jared Dudley. Wow. Okay. We have Ben in Tulsa. We have Brian in Wisconsin. 
Uh, let's see. No limit says, isn't Austin Rivers hurt? Yeah, he, he is hurt, but I don't think it's a long-term thing. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? We have Brett in uh, Seattle. We have Felipe in Brazil. White Black in Morocco. Thanks for joining. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope your voice is better than mine today. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, McKelly, yeah, did you? Ahead. who else did you? Uh, so, one of the questions I asked Andrew was, Whose day did you really like, and and who were you kind of let down by? So I've got to go. I got to step away from the pod because I'm still technically working. But I want to hear uh, when I re-listen to it who you thought had a good day and who you thought uh, had a pretty rough day as far as franchises. I mean, Orlando has a, had a pretty nice day. Uh, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. they they had uh, a lot of good deals uh, in terms of return. They got two firsts for for Vuks. I mean, I mean, Vucevic is clearly an all star in terms of offensive numbers but uh, his production doesn't correlate with winning i mean we've seen that with orlando this season now in a in a winning content context with that i don't know if chicago qualifies but anyway uh, maybe maybe he can do better but you know i'm not sure that that offer was on the table for nothing yeah. or a second mm-hmm. but i'm not sure either because I think that the asking price was way more than 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 what I'm implying right now. But but the point is to me like, is it really worth two first round picks? I mean, for Orlando is a no brainer, and the fact that they were able also to unload Fournier for again basically nothing, uh, and and Boston, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, maybe it the fact that why do they give Tice away? Like, what are they doing? Tice for Mo Wagner? Like, what is going? I don't. I just don't understand it. That is a weird one. Tice is like legit good. Like he's helpful. I I like that for the Bulls a lot. I think the Bulls got a lot better not just because of Vooch. I think that like having Tice as the backup, like you got you have like a real rotation. Yeah, I, you know, um, I I don't like the asset allocations for both. Like. You want to get the center? Uh, just get Tice. Maybe, maybe Tice was not in place when they when they did the Vucevic deal. But if you do it, why why do you have to do also the the Tice deal? I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't really understand. I mean, to me, Markkanen should play as a center a little bit more, especially with Tad Young there. Now we have a logjam of players that play roles that are uh, not primer uh, in the NBA, uh, mm-hmm. and you paid for that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Boston and Chicago, to me, maybe, maybe maybe I'm wrong and maybe what they need is exactly what they got. Uh, but again, I mean, looking to Chicago, you pay two firsts for a guy that maybe is worth 
uh, on the court one uh, and 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 there are other options uh, to me that were probably cheaper than Vooch and correlates to winning way more uh, but maybe I'm just maybe just biased towards Orford and 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 Vooch in Chicago would be amazing on defense I, I just don't see that yeah yeah defensively it's a problem actually kind of I actually like it a little bit I mean they're clearly just swinging to try to get in the playoffs and I think that that helps I think that helps get them there. Um, so I'm not, I'm actually not really that down on it because I, I don't love the way that Chicago's use a lot of their draft picks anyways. And so I think getting, if if you like Zach, basically this is just a, a signal that like, we really like Zach Levine. Like we really like what he's been doing and we think that he's a, a helpful player. Yeah. And so, but he's not, not, not the number one to me. And basically they decided, uh, that Lavini is their number one, and yeah. they will go that route. And that Patrick Williams probably is number two, three. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really ready to say that I believe them, but may, but but they are Chicago. Like if they are even remotely, uh, it's not in the coast, so maybe 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 it will not happen. But um, they are still a bit. They are in a big market, and so yeah, even if they sure. they screw up with a few of their moves here and there if they win enough uh and there is a wing uh talented wing that is on the market say paul george crushes with the clippers then who knows maybe maybe you get the player like that and boom you're uh in the mixed in the mix of um doing noise in the east not not winning anything but but still yeah no i i yeah i agree um my answer earlier was I, I I did like what Orlando did, but I think Denver like they've got a chance now to do something. Um, so I'm I, I I think that they've got a shot. The Lakers are vulnerable. I think the Clippers have made themselves vulnerable even to the Nuggets last year. Obviously, they lost them in the playoffs. And then like the other guys up are the Jazz and the Suns, and. So I'm just like, yeah, like, go for it. And you didn't have to give up like premium assets to get him. I mean, if I'm the Bulls or even looking at Boston, like I would have much rather had Aaron Gordon than what those two teams got. Um, and I know Aaron Gordon hasn't been the best player of those three, but to me, he's like the most versatile of those three. And I think that, especially with Boston, like you put him in such a better position than what he's been in Orlando that it, to me, it's a little, it was, that would have been more of a no brainer, but I, I love the fit more in Denver and love what they've been able to do because you get to keep Michael Porter jr. And you get to move forward with like a really nice team that could grow together for years. Like that's in, in a market like that. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's the, um, I don't know if if it's the cut move uh, move around Jokic, but it sure uh, is a, an environment where you can try to to make him do that, and um, and also the the age, as you said, they can grow together. They are basically all the same age. I mean, yep. uh, so it's um it's nice. I don't know how much it swings in terms of winning, um, because it's hard to 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 understand how he will play there. But if it fits well, and they sure need uh, athletic athleticism and, and energy, and uh, and he can do that. Now, if he can 
gel together, mesh together, whatever, um, in their offensive system, then, then yeah, they are surely better. I don't really know what the Clippers are doing. This is just... I mean, I'm so happy uh, for for OKC and for the future uh, assets that they that that we have. But yeah, I don't get it Rondo. either. Rondo. I love it. Um, so, Thunder moving forward, we have the SGA injury mm-hmm. with his his plantar fasciitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. I. You know, I, I don't think they would fake that. I know there's been some speculation on that. I don't think they would. Um, I do think I'm that he's fake. Yeah. You can say, well, it's it's a bit, you have a bit of inflammation there. Let's, the normal yeah. prognosis is two days. Let's wait two months. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's that totally that possible. <laughs> I'm, so I, it's obviously a good thing for the Thunder's draft position. And we saw last night, like they just completely fell apart against the Grizzlies in the third quarter. And that was pretty much the game. Uh, And without SGA moving forward, I think that they're going to lose a lot, a lot of games. Um, They'll win some games. They'll be, they'll surprise some teams certainly because they do have the, the three point volatility that really helps them in, in certain games that we we saw at the other night, the shot like 57% from three. So, but I, I do think that this, Lens and especially like I honestly think if they are able to bring Austin Rivers in, I think it they'll lose a lot more games. Um, so I think that this is it helps the cause. It helps you also get like a chance to develop a guy like Tony Bradley. So it's to me it's just kind of a win all around. And they're probably going to sit Muscala the rest of the season. They're probably going to sit Horford a lot, and then it's all about development from here on out. I wouldn't be surprised if um, if they release. A few guys as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, if Muscala has an, an option to go somewhere that wasn't material, like wasn't up uh, or that like they didn't meet the criteria and he really wants to go and, and blah, 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 then maybe they will do him a favor and just say, well, okay, just give us a little bit. You will recoup it uh, in the market. And uh, Yeah. I think that's totally possible. I think... The thing about the Thunder is that they always have conversations with guys about this stuff, and it's not its not a – there's no surprises to any of these guys. And so if Mike's saying, like, hey, like, he may have had a list, and I don't think the Thunder honor every single list that every player brings to them, but, like, Mike says – Mike could have said something to the effect of, like, hey, listen, like, I have a list – and I'll sit on the bench if you can move me to one of those teams or like give me a buyout. And then, you know, like I won't make a big deal out of any of this, you know, and I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Mike did that, but I'm just like, it's, there are conversations going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about. And I actually kind of hope that they would move on from him. Um, but there's the possibility that he just likes, likes being here and would just like, would want to be here. And he he could stay. Yeah, option A is I'm fine. I'm fine. I understand the cause. Uh, just give me a contract next year uh, where I can play, <laughs> and, and then we have a deal. Or it's it's as you say. Um, it's a, it's a list, maybe a short list. And if you can move in there, great. If not, we'll reach a buy reach a buyout, and and that's fine. If, if I find a team that that wants my uh, my service, and um, yeah, yeah. because again, 
you need to find a team that has space for him. And there are teams that may use him, but if you go deep and, and look at the minutes and stuff like that, maybe there's nothing for him on, yeah, a, yeah. on a contender. And like, you know, not to go, maybe not going to a contender is um, something that he doesn't like as much as sticking with the group and, and being mm-hmm. the bench and practicing and stuff like that. Yeah, totally possible. Also, like we just also have to recognize that I guess people that watch every Thunder game, like we just know these guys better and probably have a higher opinion of almost all of them. Yeah, yeah, we need to be we need to be a little bit more, I would say, um, critical to 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 our guys and uh, and in general to their value in around the league. I mean, they all know that Muscala cannot play in playoffs. Yeah, this is yeah. the deal, and uh, because the defense is not good enough. Mike is a great spacer. He's a gunner. He can hit seven trees in a game. But if you go, if you want to go deeper into the playoffs, then it's hard to play a guy like that because the yep. defense is really a problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt. Uh, all right, that's about all I've got. Just because my voice is about to give out. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you guys. Hope that you have. A great weekend. Uh, we probably won't have another pod just because I, I need some recovery time. We've got Saturday Slam and Jam coming. So I really got to rest my voice for that. So make sure you listen to that on the Athletic NBA Show feed. You guys have a great, great day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.